0: buddy make sure everything is where you want line up two by two here go ahead and scrub those tires off get them warmed up going green next time Bye. this is the scrubbing tires podcast attention in the pits attention in the pits we'd like to give a special shout out and a big thanks to you yes you who tune in and listen to the Scrub and Tires podcast. Your support and listenership means everything. Without you, the listener, we would have no podcast. If you're enjoying the Scrub and Tires podcast, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrub and Tires podcast. And since you're there, go ahead and click that like button and give us a share if you really like what you hear. New episodes drop each week and will be posted on the page. If you'd like to become a sponsor or donate to the Scrub and Tires podcast, Please shoot us a message on our Facebook page. Podcasts are a great way to advertise and they reach millions of listeners each week. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. On this episode, episode number two, edition of Smith Family Racing, we'll introduce my two new co-hosts, Jacob Smith and Jordan Smith. All three of us will dive into the weekend recap of everything NASCAR, hot topics to discuss, and our picks for the 4th of July weekend. Check it out. All right, so like in the intro that I stated before, we now have two new co-hosts that are joining me, Jacob Smith and Jordan Smith of Smith Family Racing. Go ahead and introduce Jacob Smith here, driver of the number 89, Great Frontier Insurance, Raising the Bar Exteriors, TR Sandberg Construction, Inc., Grand American Modified at CNS and his brother, Jordan Smith, the spotter of Jacob, and the PR of Smith Family Racing. Jake, start with you, buddy. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, That was a little mouthful there, naming off all my sponsors, but I appreciate you having us on.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. And uh, Jordan, did you want to say anything before we get going here? Dude,
2: I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to do this with you. Um, I definitely think this is something that uh, has been long overdue for the... uh, you know, the Colorado area and kind of showcasing uh, racing for, you know, how great it is and getting it back on the map. And, you know, we can start discussing some of the highlights, the lowlights and what's in the future here. Uh, There's definitely a lot that our state has to offer. So here we go.
0: Absolutely. Well, welcome aboard and looking forward to uh, this long road of podcasts ahead. So without further ado, we will go ahead and get into it. Um, starting off the weekend with the um, Camping World Truck Series Xfin- Xfinity Series Cup Series. Our thoughts, comments, opinions on what happened over the weekend. I will lead us off here with the Camping World Truck Series CRC Brake Clean 150, which was on Saturday. Uh, Todd Gilliland, uh won the poll. I uh, thought it was worth to note that Zane Smith uh, qualified P2. Uh, certainly a huge fan of Zane Smith. Like to see him do well. Uh, stage 1 winner was Zane Smith, speaking of which. Stage 2 winner, John Hunter Nemechek, and of course your winner, John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, My thoughts on this, uh, he has a hashtag when, when he started with uh, Kyle Bush Motorsports at the beginning of the season, uh, hashtag here for wins, and that's uh, just about sums up the season of him and the Camping World Truck Series. That's five wins for him already. Um, And I think it was a great move for him to move down to the truck series after not having the best success or luck, however you want to look at in the cup series and and so on. Um, And he's certainly established himself week in, week out to be a winner, if not running top five, you know, everything like that. And I think obviously he's going to be a threat for later in the season when it comes to playoffs and championship Uh, I did want to raise the question about how it would feel to finish second to the winner if you're the car slash truck owner like Kyle Busch. Uh, I was looking at my notes and doing some stats here. Uh, That's three times just this year that Kyle Busch has finished second uh, to John Hunter Nemechek in his own equipment. So, I mean, it's a win for KBM no matter what, obviously, finishing one, two, three times this year already, but, you know, deep down, especially uh with it being kyle bush uh over and over again you know it's got to be eating him up um but just kind of wanted to ask you jake and jordan what what you guys would would think on that note
1: yeah man uh i mean it's always good to as a car owner truck owner to uh see the guy that you have normally down there racing every race uh you know up there competing for wins and you know Kyle Busch is a driver. I'm sure he hates finishing second in any race. He's a competitive guy. You know, he runs a lot of races and he goes out, tries to win, you know, and he does it a lot of times. So, uh, but I'm sure it's a pretty surreal feeling to know that his cars finished one, two and his, you know, drivers winning races and beating him doing it. So, you know, no better feeling as a owner that uh, your car is out there consistently winning and beating the top notch drivers in the even in the cup series. So, you know, momentum going that way and, you know, I hope they uh, have some good success, but you know, I'm sure Kyle Busch uh, hates, hates running second in anything.
0: Yeah. That's, that's no kidding there. Jordan, what are your thoughts on that one before we I mean, move on to the Xfinity?
2: I mean, I, 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 agree with him. I mean, I agree with both of you. I agree with Jake too. Um, I mean, of all people to lose to if you're in Kyle Busch's position, I mean, it would have to be John Hunter Nemechek. I mean, that kid's been on a roll this season. I mean, as you pointed in out, I mean, that's five wins already this season. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, especially beating your boss, who he himself, I mean, I don't even know how many, how many wins does he have in the truck series over his career? Like, dang I mean, I... near close to a hundred, I think, yeah. uh, you know, so to for him to come out and beat him in his own equipment. I mean, it says a lot about this kid and his ability. So, I mean, just from that get go, uh, from the start of that race to the finish of the race, I mean, he did really well. He did what he had to do and he's only 24 years old, so he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, I definitely love the way this kid drives and, uh, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about him really?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for, chiming in on that um i guess next up would be the first of two races of the for the cup guys the uh cbd 325 the pocono organics excuse me three cbd 325 on saturday and we will hand it over to you jordan with your thoughts and comments on that one
2: well to start off i definitely want to point out the pocono organic cbd 325 <laughs> i mean i just when i saw that on the schedule i was like it just kind of light bulb went off like, huh, you know, but anyways, so what an exciting race, really. Um, you had Kyle Larson and William Byron set the front row. I mean, the Hendrix motorsports cars, they are just on fire right now. This race, uh, overall I thought was pretty darn good. Um, you know, coming into this weekend, you were, you were looking forward to seeing how, teams would be able to gather themselves from one race to the next you know how would they position themselves that first race and then you know be able to rebound in the second race and the first race i mean it didn't disappoint i mean there was a lot of action from the get-go and then i mean the way it finished uh you know you had you had a yellow with well let's just go with stage sorry so stage one you had Kyle Busch, then you had William Byron, and then Kyle Larson. I mean, three of those guys right up front, they're three of the best in the business right there. And especially with Kyle Larson and William Byron, I mean, the HMS crew, they're killing it right now. I mean, right out the bat, two of the two of those four cars right up front, and then you got Kyle Busch leading the way. Then you get into uh, stage two, and I mean, stage two, it's, it kind of got drawn out a little bit there. Um, but then you had, you know, Kurt Busch up front and then you had Kyle Larson and then you had Joey Logano and then William Byron right there again. Um, you know, so those guys were consistently staying right up front, right there. Kurt Busch, I mean, him getting out front, he had a pretty good role right through there. And then even into the third stage, he, uh, he was performing really well. And then with about, oh, what was it? 23 to go. I think they had a caution for debris and then, You know, got the green flag going, 19 to go. You had Kyle Larson overtook Kyle Busch, and you had um, Bowman sitting right there. So Bowman gets out front, Kyle Larson's right on his tail, you know, it's kind of a back and forth, you know, Bowman would get out from him for a little bit, you know. Kyle Larson, had hit him one and two, I mean, you watching the race and whatnot, you could see where they, where they each had their own points of the track where they were just performing really well. And then I think what mistake was, is that Bowman was just on two tires and then, you know, Larson had four from the last caution. And I mean, he just had nothing left for him. Kyle Larson then in turn gets down to the white flag and has that left front blow right there after coming into turn, what is that turn three and four. And I, I remember watching that thing and just going holy crap he's got a flat tire, I thought he was just going to try and go straight to the wall and just gas it and pull like in you are night racing and just screw it let's just go, so uh, but then you got Alex Bowman that came out on top so you had Alex Bowman winning the race you had Kyle Busch coming in second and then who we'll get to a little bit later William Byron finished third. Denny Hamlin finishing fourth, Ryan Blaney in your top five. So, I mean, each one of those guys, I mean, they, they did really well. Uh, I was a little bit surprised about Denny Hamlin. I thought he was going to be more up towards the front, kind of competing for the lead. You know, he's just performed really well. So, so much there at Pocono. So a little bit of a surprise. I mean, he's still top five, but you know, I just figured out of anybody of the the Gibbs crew, it would have been Denny Hamlin up there, not Kyle Busch. So that is your, uh, Saturday race for the uh, Pocono Organic CBD 325.
0: And that name, the title of the race, it gets me every time, but yeah. <laughs> every time. Um, but yeah, a uh, crazy race. Um, we were all three watching that one together, actually. That finish was wild. But um, all right, Jake, take us into the Xfinity race on Sunday.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't get to watch this race too much. I watched, watched some highlights, kind of rewatched some of the racing and, um, you know, the thing about these Xfinity cars is seeing the young talent come up through the series and some of these guys, they're starting to, you know, get some opportunities in the cup cars. And, you know, the nice thing about the rules from years ago that NASCAR instituted that if you're not a full-time driver, you don't accumulate points. So it's kind of nice to see these young drivers, be able to get chances to win races and win championships and show off their talent to try and move up in the series and, and Xfinity series is there's no joke, man. It's, these guys are young, they're talented and they're, they're trying to prove themselves to get that next cup. Right. And, you know, uh, Harrison Burton, the stage one winner, he um, you know, he's one of them guys that he's starting to show his talent. He's up in the top 10 every uh every week. And, drives the Toyota number 20 so you know he's got a good equipment so when you got some good equipment you got some good talent you know you got to try and be up in that top 10 top five consistently weekend and work week out so he was your stage one winner I think let me backtrack a little bit I think Justin Allgaier and who was it actually I think it was Harrison Burton started on the front row for this race so Yeah, had stage one winner was Harrison Burton uh right right about lap 25 though uh there was a restart and there was i was reading online a little bit today you know about the number eight car uh kind of on the green flag there he was going to the outside of justin haley number 11 and you know even kind of dale jr said a little bit on his uh you know dale jr download that you know maybe he could have backed out you know maybe didn't have the position but i mean when you're trying to get up track position at Pocono is, is all important. You know, when you're up front and you stay up front, you can be right there for wins and stage wins and get those pivotal points toward the playoffs and get you into its championship uh, contention. And, you know, yeah, maybe you're pushing a little outside too much. And, you know, the way these cars work, and everybody's trying to get every inch they can out of these cars. And Justin Haley just kind of slid up toward the wall. You know, maybe the spotters for both teams didn't communicate very well, but you know, racing's racing. It happens. You know, you're just fighting for the position. And number eight car got on the outside of Justin Haley there, and they both got collected. And, and it was a hard hit that uh, Justin Haley had on the inside wall. And uh, it was hard enough that bounced back up into the track. You know, maybe you could have hit the brake, tried to stop from sliding in front of everybody. But you know, in that kind of position, you know, maybe the brakes failed. You know, you, you don't know what happens when you take a massive hit on the inside of the wall and just unfortunately slid up in the middle of the track and, you know, got collected by another car and uh, you kind of saw him get out of the car and just lay down. And that, you know, you never want to see a driver get out of the car and lay down instantly. You think the worst and you just hope and pray that he's all right. And he ended up going to the infield care center and, uh, you know, got checked out, got cleared, but uh, he was supposed to race in the cup race, I think later that day. And I think Justin Allgaier ended up taking a spot, uh, for that race just as a precaution. So he didn't, uh, you know, have anything else that they didn't see, or, you know, you're just dazed sometimes when you take those hits. So you never want to put a driver in anything that's unsafe. So it's good to see that he was okay after that. But, uh, after that, the stage two winner was Ty Gibbs, man, that guy, that kid, he's no joke either. He's, he's a talent rising talent. And he's, he's going to be in the cup series. I bet you here in the next couple of years, you know, who knows, maybe a Gibbs car will open up and he goes for his grandpa's team and shows what he can do. But uh, he was your stage two winner. And then uh, Austin Cindric another guy that he's just on a roll right now, winning races, being up front consistently and, you know, challenging for the win. And Ty Gibbs was right there behind him. I think it was only about a two tenths of a second or something like that right at the end of the race. Uh, so it was a good little battle toward the end of the race. Uh, that was, I do believe, Austin Cindric's fourth win of the year. So Right now, I do believe he is your points leader for the uh Xfinity series. But overall it was great racing. Uh drivers that did well this race, I think this was your top five. It was uh Austin Sindrick, Ty Gibbs, Justin Allgaier, Noah Gregson, and AJ Allmendinger, one of those old guys that's still loving racing, getting opportunities, and you know, when you know something for so long and you uh love racing. You just continue to do it. And especially if you keep getting the rides and keep doing well. So, um, but yeah, I have here, Cindric leads Almondinger by 101 points. It looks like so great racing. Good to see the Xfinity cars out there, uh, running at Pocono. It's a long race. Um, but it was overall a pretty good dang race.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, that lick that Justin Haley did take, that was super scary to see. So glad he was all right, and probably for the best that they set him out for the cup race. But all right, uh, Jordan, I guess lead us off with the last remaining NASCAR race that took place over the weekend the uh, Explore the Pocono Mountains 350.
2: All righty. So, um, with the end result, yes, um, on Saturday, they in- inverted the field to start the race for sunday so and then kyle larson because he had to go to a backup car he had to start on the rear of the field so you had chris busher and michael mcdowell leading on the front row um 140 laps so getting through uh stage one pretty pretty clean through stage one actually um not too long, but you had some of the cream of the crop rise to the front. Um, you had Truex come out on, I think it was lap 14, uh, took over the lead and then pretty much cruised through after that, he got out to like a 1.7, uh, second lead over Christopher bell. And then, um, so let's see here. So we had, and then kind of got strung out a little bit and then boom, he takes your, uh, your stage one. So you have Martin Truex jr taking stage one, you have Eric Amarolo second, and then Brad Keselowski third, uh, bad Brad, man. I think I, he, uh, I, I don't know. I, he, he looked good. I thought he was going to perform a little bit better, but, um, you know, as the race went on, things, things definitely change, you know, you get in pick cycles and everything else, you know, a lot can happen at Pocono just because of how, you know, how big that track is and everything like that. And strategies are so key there. So as you get into stage two, um, Again, you had uh, a cycle come through about lap 47. They started pit cycling. Um, then you had uh, William Byron come out and then get out to a, about a 1.2-second lead over Keselowski. And, and then he cruised on to, to stage two. So then you had William Byron in stage two. And second was Denny Hamlin, and he had Bad Brad in the third stage, you know, coming out – or, sorry, in the second stage. So coming out of stage two, you know, I I was definitely thinking that it was going to come down to William Byron and and Denny Hamlin, uh, two cars that looked super strong there. Bad Brad was right there. I mean, and the thing about, you know, Keselowski is – you just give him a little bit of a window and that man can take it. I mean, it you don't have to give him much and same thing with Hamlin too. You don't have to give them much and then they overtake and then they're gone. And like Jake kind of alluded to, uh, on the Xfinity race, you know, track position is so key here, um, to get out front, get in the clean air. Um, so, you know, leading into stage three, uh, definitely exciting. It became a fuel mileage game at that point, uh, towards the end you had, um, Well, let's see here. You had bad Brad. You had Denny Hamlin. You had Kyle Bush, all these guys up front. Then you had even, uh, you know, lo and behold, you had uh, Kyle Larson coming up, uh, you know, later stages of the race. I mean, that he's, he's just right there. HMS again, they're just coming along, coming along, coming along. And they just don't know. I mean, they just know how to finish, you know, it's just crazy right now. All three of the, all four of those teams, really, uh, Chase has kind of struggled a little bit, but you have, you know, Byron was right up front. You had, uh, Kyle Larson. Then you had Chase was, I think, but back, back a little bit further, but, um, so yeah. So you had bad Brad took a pitch, uh, made a pit stop eight to go. Then he had William Byron who was in the lead six laps to go. He was leading uh, Hamlin by 1.9 and then boom, he hits, he hits pit road. And then you had Denny Hamlin pit pit road. And then right there, Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch is like, screw it. I'm just going to let her go. And he had some trouble early on in the race. I believe he, uh, put over the radio that he was stuck in fourth gear come down pit lane and whatnot. So I think it, I think that played with them a little bit in that into that strategy. It's like, okay, coming down pit road, I'm going to be stuck in fourth gear. If I stall out, we're screwed. We don't get hardly any points. Let's just push it to the end and see what happens. And it ended up working out for them. So Kyle Busch is your winner. And then because of the pit cycles, you had Kyle Larson coming in second, bad Brad Keselowski coming in third, Kevin Harvick, and uh, one of the surprise guys, Bubba Wallace coming in
1: fifth.
0: Yeah, that, uh, what you just said there with uh, Bubba Wallace, that sure was a, a surprise there for sure. But all right, guys, well, thanks for that. Um, certainly a great weekend all around of all three series. It uh, doesn't happen too often anymore in the NASCAR with all three series going to the same track on the same weekend. So pretty excited to see that. All right, we'll move on to some hot topics that have kind of come to the surface in the last couple of weeks in the NASCAR circuit. And uh, I'll ask this to you, Jake, first, and then uh, I'll ask you the same question, Jordan. The rumor of Honda joining the sport of NASCAR as a manufacturer, and go ahead and take it away, Jake.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, when you think Honda, you don't think NASCAR. You don't think, oh man, that's a they have a they have a stock style car, like they have some sort of muscle car, what, you know? They're mainly an IndyCar series, and uh, you know I think it's a pretty cool idea of Honda Honda wanting to potentially move into NASCAR and and create some more diversity in NASCAR. You know you had Pontiac a long time ago, Dodge, you know, and it just never worked out. But you know, uh, the rumor mill about having Honda in there it just gives the sport some more dynamic, and the fact that it's growing a little bit worldwide. And you know, traditionally, like I said, Honda's a IndyCar program, and They want to start doing stock car racing. They see some sort of value in it, obviously. So, you know, for a team like Honda, want to come move over to NASCAR, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it got me thinking today, then looking it up a little bit, you know, what kind of street car that would they have that you could use as their main car in NASCAR? And, you know, they got the Honda Accord, the Civic Sedan, and uh, the Insight, you know, those are the closest models to a stock car. So it'd be interesting to see what they kind of come up with as, uh, as their car for NASCAR and, you know, whatever they choose. It's, it's just pretty cool to see that uh, recognition that NASCAR is getting worldwide and, you know, another manufacturer coming into NASCAR and, and giving the big three, if you want to say run for their money you know chevy ford and toyota that's that's pretty much all you got so it's it's pretty cool to hear that it would be interesting to see a honda on the track but you know if they're interested and they want to do it i say yeah let's let's take a shot at it you know
0: yeah absolutely jordan what are your thoughts on it
1: i want to see them bring back the old honda
2: civic like hatchback and like figure out a way to make this new car they got coming out like cut off the back end, make it all boxy style, make it look like a hatchback. No, I uh, I, I love this idea. Uh, I love the idea of of Honda showing interest. You know, I was doing a little bit of research too when we picked this topic. And, um, you know, the thought process is, is this like how much, you know, it's going to take a lot of dollars to be able to jumpstart a program for NASCAR. And how much is that going to take away from the Indy series and all the stuff that they got going on there? Because they've definitely made themselves a household name in the IndyCar car series. I mean, they've won the last two manufacturers championships in that series, um, But you know what? I mean, at this point, you know, NASCAR has to look at it from all standpoints. You know, we have to grow. That's what NASCAR has to has to figure out ways to just continuously grow and make the entertainment on the track exciting and want to get not only just keep the fans that they got, but also get in new fans going forward. I mean, that's any business that you have. You always got to figure out ways to grow and make things exciting. You know, I remember back in the day when Toyota first came on and you know there was a lot of rumble about it it's like oh we don't want Toyota we need to keep this you know it's all the them, them good old boys you know everybody is a Chevy or a Dodge or a Ford guy I mean I've been a Chevy guy my entire life and I was totally against it in the very beginning but you know you look at it from an outsider's perspective okay well what did it really do for the sport you know it, it helped bring in another fan base you know just like a Chevy guys, you know, like myself, I have, a, I've, there's followings for Toyota people, you know, there's, there's definitely a fan base there. And then, you know, anybody that jumps on a toy, like, shoot, I'm going to, the Camry's on there. I'm going to, I'm going to be a fan of the Camry. I don't even care who's driving. Oh, you got Kyle Busch. What? So, you know, you're, it's same thing with Honda. You're going to open that door for all these different people to be able to have something to root for. And, You know, it's just a little bit more exposure. You're going to open yourselves up to, you know, worldwide at that point because they're definitely a worldwide company. So I'm I'm excited to see what they, you know, what they were going to do or what their ideas are and stuff like that. And if they're truly serious about it and financially it lines up for them, I mean, I say why not? You know, it's you know, it'll be interesting to see what team in existence already, you know, like Joe Gibbs, they jumped over, you know, they saw Toyota come, they were kind of like that second tier Chevy group and whatnot. So they, you know, they made the jump. They were like, you know what, we're going to be that, that headliner for Toyota. So I'll be interested to see what team, if they do do this, what team will end up jumping ship on a manufacturer and and being that headway for Honda. Are they going to come out right off the bat and probably win a bunch of races? no. Probably not. Toyota definitely didn't do that. It took them a little while to get off the ground, but then, you know, once they finally got their program going, I mean, shoot, early, what was it? 2007, 2008, 2009, right in there. I mean, you know, those Toyotas, they were hard to beat. And even just a couple years ago, you know, 10 years later, um, you know, you had Truex and all the Truex won the championship and then you had Kyle Bush. I mean, you, you can't, well, and I think last year what they have like, 10 wins or something like that for Toyota. So, I mean, it can definitely be done and, you know, they see that blueprint. It'll take a little bit, but you know, who knows, who knows what the future holds. I think it's definitely exciting time for NASCAR though.
0: Yeah. I agree with both of you on, on your points there personally for me, uh, you know, like you said, with being a Chevy guy, I've been the same way. And I thought, you know, back in the early two thousands with, you know, Sterling Marlin and all those guys racing Dodges, I'd rather see Dodge, come back into the sport just because we all three grew up watching Chevy Ford Dodge. But like you guys both said, I think this new next gen car that's coming out next year, it's opened a lot of doors, not just for manufacturers to say, Hey, we can get in. Now's our fresh start. Here's our chance. Let's do it. But also new teams say with Trackhouse and colleague and all these people making the jump, not saying, I mean, those are two Chevy teams as of right now, but let's just say, like you said, with Joe Gibbs racing back in the day, they could say, Oh, let's, let's get on this Honda ship and let's set sail with it. So I think it's a great opportunity. Like you said, uh, Jordan, with the the fans behind Honda, everybody has their manufacturer that they prefer to drive their daily drivers or race cars, whatever. It's going to bring in a new fan base. It's going to attract more people, no matter how you look at it. And then also on the opposite end of that is those people that just absolutely hate Honda or hate, you know, not American made cars racing in America. Well, that's still, that's still noise. That's still, you know, publicity. That's still putting NASCAR on the map. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. I say whoever the manufacturer is, bring them in, try to compete. And it also, like you said, raises that bar. Toyota wasn't very good at the beginning when they first entered NASCAR, but now look at them. I mean, they're winning left and right. If it's not HMS, it's, it's a Joe Gibbs car normally. So I think it's good for everybody and uh, we'll see what, if they do pull that trigger on it. All right. uh, Good segue. I think uh, speaking of uh, kind of non, um, non regular stuff that we normally see in NASCAR start with you, Jake, again with the rumor of an all electric cup series in the future.
1: Yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. And, you know, I'll ask you guys your thoughts here too. And, um, I actually was looking up this earlier, and and Forbes magazine even did an article on this about uh, possibility that uh, with the automotive world in general uh, going to more the electric car. Uh, that um, you know, what if NASCAR uh, moved to an electric car, and and how would that how would that look? So yeah, in a sec, I'll ask you guys what your thoughts, and you know, if NASCAR should entertain this idea but just to kind of give you my thoughts real quick on it uh you know it's a tough subject like we were just talking with um the honda possibly moving into the nascar you know everybody's a traditional you know down home old boys put some muscle car into it you know high octane fuel loud engines horsepower you know that's just what we've all been accustomed to and uh you know if they move to an all-electric car like what would that look like you know one thing is is it would level out the playing field i think uh with it being so new and everybody has no idea how it would work it would give the opportunity to like honda or any other manufacturer maybe wanting to move into nascar to come in and they would have the same opportunities and shots at being successful right away as say a team like joe gibbs or hms or you know, Stuart Haas racing. Cause it's such an unknown of what would happen or how these cars would react or how they would just perform in general that, uh, you know, could be huge, could be not, but you know, I'm kind of an old fashioned boy, loud engines, high octane fuel, you know, but I don't know if it's great for the sport or not, but, uh, you know, it'd be intriguing to see if at least they, you know, maybe came out with like a concept car, see how it runs, see how it performs. And, you know kind of go from there so uh, you know with that what are your guys' thoughts uh jord we'll start with you hey, so this is definitely
2: an interesting one because you can go in so many different avenues with this car so you know thought process wise okay would you want to take the cup car per se the body style the chassis everything like that and then just throw an electric motor in it or would you want to keep more of the base of the actual car that you can buy on the street and bring in it, put a roll cage in it and then, and then run them. I mean, so there, you know, it kind of comes down to, yeah, what their plan would, what would they want to really see? How would they want to see this develop really from the ground up? It's an intriguing idea. That's for sure. Me personally, you know, again, just like you, I, I was born on muscle cars, you know, some horsepower, good old fashioned horsepower. I mean, I want to see muscle, loud cars, everything. But again, you know, NASCAR has to think about ways to grow. And just like we were talking about with the manufacturers, there's a huge following for these electric cars. And, you know, given it's 2021, you know, you have a huge dynamic of people, that love you know hybrid cars and electric cars and everything else they have a they have a following so as nascar if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce a series like this how would you want it would you want to keep it more you know like okay let's just morph this electric car into one of our cars and then have at it or would you want to kind of morph and kind of start something completely fresh something new you know you have you know, I, social media wise, you have people complaining about all the time about how cars, you know, they don't look like they are in the showroom. You know, they're just a, a cookie cutter car with a different sticker on the front, you know, this and that. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, 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 are the cars totally different from what they are 30, 40 years ago? Of course they are, you know, and it's always going to continuously morph. They're going to try to make things a little bit more of an even scale. But, you know. It takes away from the driving a little bit. So with this car, you could try to figure out ways to start something completely new, something completely fresh, you know, how multitude of different ways you could go about this, you know, when it comes down to, um, you know, longevity of the races, too start something else, you know, make the races super short. I mean, obviously they're, they're not going to, you know, make the full jump into the, the cup series and the Xfinity and all those with this kind of idea there, but they can, you know, have a smaller series, a, a short track series, if you will run them on Friday nights. And, you know, you go to little small tracks around the, around the United States, you know, you showcase Lucas oil speedway and you have, you know Slinger Speedway, and you have all these little you know Colorado National for God's sakes. I mean, you you have all these little little tracks, and you run you know a hundred miles or something, or you run a hunt you know fifty laps, seventy five laps, hundred laps, whatever, and just let them have at it. So I mean, it's definitely an intriguing idea. Uh, it, it, a lot of if ands and things to figure out about how they would develop the series and what, what would be the most intriguing. Um, but I think something along those lines could work, but I, you know, I, I there's still a lot of uh, question marks in my mind.
1: Yeah. There's, there's a lot out there that, uh, it's such an unknown that, you know, it would just take some time to develop a concept to it and see how it runs. And, you know, especially how would pit stops work? Batteries, you know, they, a lot of these cars nowadays, they run so much electronics in them that, uh, you know, what size battery would you have? How long would the battery last, you know? So interesting things, but, uh, Brandon, what, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I I think you guys hit it on the head with all your topics there. And another thing that I'll add there is if you ever go to a NASCAR race or even a local short track race, when you smell here and see that car go by, that's something that is ingrained in your head and in your senses forever. And I, I mean, I'm not saying anything against electric vehicles, but I just can't <laughs> imagine when one whooshes by you, if that's the word that we'll call it. I don't think that's the same experience that I want to pay $50 a ticket for. So I'll just leave it at that. And like I said, with, with Jordan, I think um, if they want to create a a sister series to nascar that's just pure electric and have those people do that maybe like you said jake run them on a friday or something like that kind of like the srx series but and we'll talk about that here after a while but something like that i wouldn't mind that but as far as the cup series or truck series or xfinity's series leave it where they are i mean it's it's just since the beginning of nascar in the 40s or whatever it was just leave it how it is we don't need to intermix this yes it would bring a different fan base and and so on and so forth and it could be a step in the right direction like i said if they want to bring another series on great but don't change what we have i, I agree with you
2: i mean there's nothing like when you're you walk into the track and you know they're practicing at your local track or you walk into a cup series event and those cars are just roaring by you and you feel you you don't just hear it you feel it in your bones as they go by you Mm -hmm. i mean there's nothing it's such an adrenaline rush beyond belief and to your point i mean it would just be like pew like what the (laughs) heck just went by me was that a rabbit or what i mean (laughs) you wouldn't be able to tell so uh, you know i i definitely i'm with you like i don't i don't know it's such a touchy subject i think um do i think it's going to happen probably not but if it does happen, I mean, as long as they don't touch the Cup Series and the three majors, the three major series, I'm fine with it.
1: You know, just to add a little bit, uh little note there, it would make for all those people that live, you know, they move to these new neighborhoods right next to your local racetrack that's been there for over 50, 60 <laughs> years and, you know, complain about the loud noises. I bet you they're going to advocate for that pretty good. I'll oh, yeah. You.
0: Jake, you'll have to swap out your Grand American Modified Engine for a Tesla motor. Heck,
1: yeah. (laughs) It it would help working on it a little bit better.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to lead off the next segment. So, big news this week. Jeff Gordon becomes the vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports and is leaving the Fox booth. I mean, this is just a huge move. So, Jake, hit us off. What are your thoughts?
1: You know, I think that's kind of cool. Um, You know, I I love Jeff Gordon up in the booth. I I love listening to his insight, his knowledge. I mean, he's got so much knowledge and so much experience that he brings to the Fox booth. But, you know, I I kind of equate this and relate this to something similar to the Broncos and the Colorado Avalanche here in Colorado did with uh, John Elway taking over the Broncos in the front office and Joe Sackick taking over the avalanche, you know, John Elway, last couple of years, we won't get into anything football related, but you know, the first, the first couple of years, John Elway was head man of the Broncos. They were successful. And, and Joe Sackick right now, he's leading the Avs toward a Stanley cup, you know, and, and you got a guy like Jeff Gordon, that's been a mainstay at Hendrick motorsports for so many years, brought him championships after championships and, win after win that you know that's so much experience and so much knowledge that he has that he can bring to that organization and with the young talent they have and where they're trying to go and in this new direction of young talent and and all this equipment and stuff it's just i think it's just going to be uh sky's the limit for having a guy like jeff gordon as vice chair you know uh sad to see him like i said uh leave the booth, uh, him and Clint Boyer's little segments, uh, you know, before the race and, you know, kind of stuff during the race was pretty funny, but, uh, you know, things change, things move on. And, you know, this is just one of those things with uh, Jeff Gordon and his life that he retired from racing, but he wanted to stay around racing. And that's why he got in the Fox booth. He, he loves it. He wants to be involved with it. And, you know, he's great friends with Rick Hendrick. So, you know, I'm sure once Rick Hendrick, approached him with this opportunity and and this idea that i bet you jeff gordon was ecstatic about it i bet you a yes came out of his mouth like as soon as he said those words if you were interested i, I bet you he wasn't even a half a second later he said yes to it so you know and and with rick hendrick you know getting a little older and you know he's just setting himself up for the future that you know a guy like jeff gordon can take this organization to New heights and new directions, and and just make it better and better. So, you know, I I think it's a pretty cool thing that uh, Jeff Gordon's moving into the vice chair role, and you know, I'll, I'll be excited to see what the future holds for HMS going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there, Brandon.
0: Yeah, um, I I think it's huge. It's it's a the right move for HMS, and one thing that I'll add um, is that. You see it a lot like with Jeff Gordon, obviously he's had his hand in the company, not just as a driver and retired, but it's hard when you're watching the broadcast because when an HMS driver is running good or, you know, even if they cause a wreck or something, Jeff Gordon is going to stick up for him because he has skin in the game, so to speak. So, And and Dale Jr. does it a little bit um, with the Xfinity being a team owner in that series and broadcasting from time to time. But it's, it's hard to see, you know, because you can tell that they're showing a little bit of favoritism, but they're trying to hide it. But we all know that he, week in and week out, doesn't want anybody else to win except for HMS. But I think it's great. Um, like you said, uh, Jake, um, Rick is not getting any younger. And I think it's a solid business move. I think Jeff Gordon brings a lot to the table, not just because he was a successful race car driver, but I think over the years he's become a successful businessman and understands that kind of layout on the backside of things and who else better to take the reins than Jeff Gordon. I mean, I think Jimmy Johnson, whenever he finally decides to hang it up, I think he'll have a hand in it as well, but I think it's solid. And um, something that I relate it to is I wish something like this could have happened with Dale Jr. back in the DEI days, but obviously it was, as we know, what happened to Dale Sr. wasn't planned by any means. So it Kind of just fell to crumbles, but this is the exact same thing that Dale Sr. was trying to set Dale Jr. up for. Obviously, father-son type of relationship, but Rick probably considers Jeff uh, a son at this point, how many years they've been together. But something I relate back to is the Dale Jr. DEI days would have been cool to see, but all in all, a win for HMS for sure. For sure.
2: Oh, I can't. I This is just beyond words. Like For this organization, for the – from the time that Jeff Gordon had got there all the way up until now, I mean, he set that standard with Rick Hendrick on what this organization was going to be and how they're going to be, you know, perceived from the very get-go and they're going to be winners. They're going to be champions. I mean, you, you look from the nineties all the way through to today. I mean, from what they have done together as a team, you know just just Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon alone i mean that's what basically you couldn't see anybody else fit into this role it, you knew it was going to be jeff gordon at some point like i you know you'd heard rumblings and stuff like oh he's he can take it over I, it was like no this is this is the man to take over hms no matter what i mean who else obviously what happened to rick hendrick years ago with his family with ricky and everybody like that terrible situation, similar situation with Dale jr. You know, roles reversed, but he had nobody to lean onto to be able to take over that once they were, once they were gone. So, you know, who is that person that's going to be able to do this? And that one person, it all, all arrows pointed towards Jeff Gordon. I mean, the man just knows how to carry himself on and off the racetrack. Um, I mean, he does a, a, an incredible job, As far as being a spokesperson, you know, he's going to get sponsors, you know, he just knows how to lead. He's a leader. And that one person that you need, you know, Rick Hendrick was that leader. He, Mr. Mr. H, everybody looked up to him. Everybody understood when he spoke, you listened, you know, and same thing is going to go for Jeff Gordon. I believe when Jeff Gordon talks, people are going to listen and you know, I mean, just what a huge win for them. I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. I don't think Mr. H is going to be completely out of the picture. I think from a day to day perspective, obviously, you know, Jeff Gordon's going to be the man to that people are going to turn to, you know, but you're, you're probably going to see Mr. H. He's still going to go to races. You know, it's in his blood. He's been doing it for, what, 40 years now. So, it, You know, but from a day to day to see how this this organization is going to continuously grow with the young drivers that they have. They have a great set of four drivers right now. I don't think they're I in my opinion, I think they're probably the best group in the business at this point from top to bottom as far as a team. Um, And, you know, and and when you were just talking about that last segment, you were talking about Jimmy Johnson possibly coming over. You know, I I'll be interested to see if another name uh, starts to rise up through the ranks and that'd be Chad Knauss. I mean, that man, he's, he's, he's running, he's running the garage right now. I mean, he's the, the man. And I mean, you look at it ever since he's taken into that role, that whole company, all four teams has just skyrocketed. So, you know, Jeff Gordon being at the helm of the business. And then he has Chad Kanaus right there with him. I mean, what a duo to be able to take over your organization, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't see anybody, uh, having quite the, uh, quite the setup going forward with your company if you were to hand over the reins than mr h does right now
0: yeah i agree and that's a a good point about uh chad canals because he already has his hands well established in that company so i think if you're uh jgr or um you know anybody else in in the garage you should be worried
1: (laughs) yeah that's for sure i'll tell you what though it'd be cool to see that uh old Good old nineties, Jeff Gordon, mullet and mustache. Come back. Yeah. Hopefully be
0: that was in the contract. Was, uh, his first day. He's yeah. going to
2: have to wear the gargoyles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got to wear the gargoyles. Perfect.
0: <laughs> All right. So good topic there. Um, we'll move into our next segment here. We hope to have a Colorado national speedway recap for you. It was the supposed to be the mountain States fire protection 4th of July and June with the uh, super late models, grand America modified super stocks and the good old fashioned trains. But, uh, that area of, uh, Colorado, Dakota, your er- eerie area received a ton of rain on uh, Saturday morning and afternoon. And, uh, track officials made the decision to cancel the event for the night sucks for everyone involved. Uh, I'll get your thoughts, comments on that. Jake and Jordan. Um, obviously we were, or you were slated to race Jake. We were slated, uh, to be in the pits with you, but, uh, your comments on that, Jake.
1: You know, it was a bummer. You know, I'm I'm glad George uh, decided to check Facebook just in case, yeah. you know, while we were driving there, it just was like this cloud cover is just not looking good. And, you know, when we got mm-hmm. on I-25 there, it was like, just looked like it, it downpoured crazy there. So it's like, you just kind of get that like butterfly in your stomach, like, uh Oh, that's not looking good. So, you know, I'm kind of glad that George checked it when he did. Cause you know, there's a lot of drivers that, uh, like Charlie Wilson and his kid CJ, they, uh, they come up Friday night and they live down in Penrose, Colorado, which is, I looked it up today. It's like a two hour drive without traffic, you know? So I'm, I'm thinking that they had probably had a two hour, two and a half hour, three hour drive last night, you know, coming from down South of Colorado Springs. And, you know, it sucks for people that are out of state that come down to these races, but, uh, you know, as a as a track and as officials of the track, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what's best for in the safety of the drivers. You know, uh, could you maybe wait it out, see if the sun's going to come out? Yeah. But you know, you also got to think there's plenty of drivers out there and people out there that they got long drives home. So the longer you wait, the longer it is keeping them from getting home. And, you know, you never want to see a race get canceled, but you know, you never want to have a track full of water and, you know, somebody get hurt or, you know, have you know the biggest thing is you know they said those pictures uh, on Facebook that the uh, parking area was just littered with mud and and puddles and stuff. You never want your your fans to show up and have to walk through mud and because of you know being that I did it for so many years watching my dad back in the you know '90s you know kind of sucks. You get all kind of pissed off walking through mud and you don't want to show up to a race kind of bad that you had to walk through mud. So there's a lot of different factors in it that unfortunate but um you know we'll have another shot at it here in a couple of weeks it would have loved to have raced but now we gotta for the games we got at least a what three week four week break here so at least we got some more time to get the car ready to go and just double check everything just make sure some of the adjustments that we made are you know possibly going to work so would have liked to race but you know it was good hanging out with you guys driving an hour and a half north and then just turn right back around and head right back to the house <laughs>
0: Yeah. At least you gotta catch the cup series race, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's always a scenic route going up there. You know, you got some golf courses and you got farmland and then you you know, but uh hey, yeah, it is what it is. The the rain, it comes, it's it's that time of year here in Colorado, so you know you're gonna get hit with you know, either super hot or you're going to have thunderstorms. It's it's one or the other. And usually this time of year, you know, we usually get hit with thunderstorms, you know, us racing and go-karts, you know, the last couple of years, same thing. You just do Saturday night. You just always expect it right around, you know, anywhere from two o'clock to four o'clock, you're going to get hit with thunderstorms. And, you know, I, I'll take it. I mean, the state needs it. We need the water. So I can't complain too hard. Yes, it sucked that we didn't, weren't able to race. And yes, it sucked because we were already on the highway headed there, but... Yeah, I mean, nothing you can do about the weather when you know, at least we brought the home car home in one piece. you know. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge positive. That's, a win you know, right that's our, that's our, that's our goal every week is bring it home in one piece. <laughs> yeah. So right there, we hit our goal. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. on, on to the next one, it'll be all right. We got some more things to adjust on the car and get them ready for the next one. And, um, hopefully, you know, come July, we'll be back at it.
1: You know, you, you never know. They, they may look at a weekend where, you know, they might add a, add a race or two here and there. Cause this is our second rainout for the GAMS. So it kind of stinks, but you know, maybe fingers crossed. They, uh, they add us another weekend, but I won't keep my hopes up too much
0: for sure. And, uh, looks like they did race at I 25. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it looks like they did race. I, I couldn't really find anything on their, um, on, uh, their website of what, um, how they did, what they raced, and stuff like that i I had their schedule, but I unfortunately forgot it, but um sounds like they didn't get too much water down there, and it's kind of crazy to think that they're only about what eighty eighty miles or something like that south of us, and they got little to no rain, but hey, it's pretty cool that they still got to race um i twenty five you know it's still a good little track they uh got the gam super late models down there super stocks the they got a nice little class down there called the hornets i i don't know if Colorado national speedway races them very much but uh they're kind of a nice little cheap little class for you know some people that if they just want to get into racing just go buy yourself like a 80s 90s Honda Civic throw a rope cage in it and there you go jordan and paint it <laughs>
0: oh, i'm on it i'm on it Talk about the Honda. You want the hatchback? There you go. Yeah. That's that's what I'm
2: talking about, man. You just you just get one of those little hatchbacks, throw the roll cage in it. You know, super low center gravity. You know, you can you can manipulate the weight a little bit. I, you, I'm telling you, little hey. 2.3 liter in it.
1: Hey, talk about your uh, your uh, noisy little car. Yeah. <laughs> Put
2: one of those big old mufflers on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i think uh same thing with intermountain they uh definitely raced, but no results have been posted so we can't really touch on that so hopefully more to come in the future they can update their websites and facebook pages and so on and so forth uh but looks like we do have a points update even though we didn't race last weekend at cns jake is that correct yeah I, uh, yeah
1: i was going to kind of talk about the at least the classes that we're supposed to race this weekend. So uh, our main race of the night was going to be the super late models. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I love those cars. They're so fun to watch and there's such good drivers in that class. Uh, unfortunately, they really haven't had the car count this year as they have had in previous years. So it's kind of interesting to see, but um, you know, you got Bruce, uh, Brett Yaki leading the points right now with 118. Uh, I Do you believe he won the last race uh, out there? So, you know, he's, he's always a, great driver weekend week out to compete with. And, uh, he's always up there in the top five winning races. Um, you got the number five car, uh, five C car, excuse me, Nick Cooper with 99 points sitting in second, uh, the 88 car, John knee, uh, with 99 points. So he's tied for second as well. Uh, I do believe Johnny, nee, he, um, I don't know if they're teammates with, uh, Darren Robertson or whatnot, but I know they do work together. They have similar paint scheme cars. Uh, gone out to John, or uh, excuse me, Jerry Robertson and Darren Robertson's shop. Uh, they they actually help build our body on the on the Gamp. So they got a cool little setup out there, and uh, I know they uh, race Darren and Johnny, e, So it's good to kind of see two cars out there uh, for one team. Uh, then you got the 61 of Matt Martinez sitting in, uh, was that fourth right now with 91 points? And then your O2 Steven, Ro- Steve Thompson, excuse me for, uh, fifth at 82 points. So nice little battle going. You got, uh, three drivers up there all in contention right there. So it'll be nice to see those, uh, how that pans out the rest of the year. Um, and then you got the Gams we were that was going to be our race tonight. Um, you know, with me missing the first race, uh, which, you know, was kind of a good thing because we didn't have the car completely ready to go uh had some things we still needed to get done so you don't never want to take a car out there half done and go out there and not only embarrass yourself but you know break something put him in the put yourself in the wall do something where you're not taking the car home the way you took it off the trailer so but this is a nice little class um you, know, you got ron o'neill sitting in uh, the zero car sitting at the top of the points right now i do believe he won the first race uh, he's up there at 118. He got the 51 of Kyle Clegg, a uh, friend of mine. We played football in the little league years ago. So it's kind of cool to see a guy I know up there. He's sitting in second at 114. So he's right on Ron O'Neill's tail. He won the last race, uh, man. He was flying uh, that guy. You put him in any car. I think he's going to, he's just going to fly. So it's cool to see that he's uh, running in the gams. Cause he's normally in the uh, legend cars and always up front and winning races, being in the top five. Uh, and then you got the 37 Landon Bernie, uh, sitting in a hundred points. He's always a guy that, uh, you know, he's up there top five week in, week out. So, you know, when you collect points and you bring car home complete and you finish in the top five, you're, you're going to be right there in contention. So, uh, he's sitting in third, you got the number two car, Jim Douglas, uh, 95 points. Uh, he was actually the guy that, uh, I thought I was just going to slam into there. The second race, uh, good thing. I, uh, saw a little hole and went around him because both of us only ended up with a little bit of body damage. Otherwise, uh, him and I would probably be, uh, not racing for a little while. So, uh, I'm glad I ended up missing him, but, uh, he's a good driver too. I had some battles with him the last couple of races. He's a nice driver. Um, and then you got CJ Wilson, the number nine car at 83 points sitting in fifth. That's, uh, Charlie Wilson, the track champion from last year. That's his son. Uh, it's good to see two cars for, uh, for them out there week in, week out. And then, uh, you got the super stocks, man. These cars are cool. You know, they're old fashioned seventies, eighties cars, you know, good motors and you just got to keep everything stock. And, you know, they got about what, 25, 30 cars out there every week and they put on some good shows. Um, Got the number 15 car, Jeremy Wall, uh, uh, sitting in first right now, 109 points. The 11W of Scott Lang at 98 points. Uh, the 23 of Jordan Abeda, uh 92 points, sitting in third. The 99 jr of Ryan Raley Jr., uh, sitting in fourth with 87 points. And the 49, Chris Cox, uh, sitting in fifth with 82. Chris Cox, he's been out there for a while. He's always the driver that's week in, week out, uh, you know up at the top five, always got to be a car to watch out for. And then my absolute favorite class to race or to watch race is the trains, man. They they don't run heat races or anything or do any qualifying, but I tell you what, these are just guys that they, I don't know if they have less brain cells or if they just have the balls of cojones or whatever. they have cojones. <laughs> That's what it comes big, down to. Big ones is what it is. Uh, man, they, they run the figure eight, uh, the figure eight track at Colorado national speedway. Uh, you know, uh, just three cars put together the lead guys, the, uh, gas and steering and the back guys, the brake, and middle car is just a junk car you put in the middle there. So it's always fun to watch those guys. It's like a, almost like a figure eight demolition, derby train. But uh, don't know who all the drivers are uh, in each of these cars, but I'll just list them out real quick. You got the 86, the last call, sitting first, uh, 40 points. Second is uh, 151, the Crazy Train, with 38 points. And the 311 Bipolar Express, sitting in third, 36 points. Uh, the one Dukes a Hazard car, I love saying that, uh, sitting in fourth, 34 points. Uh, the 45 Trump train with 32 points. And then, uh, the 26 slam truck, uh, says zero points. So I'm assuming that they never finished the race, their first race out. So that's kind of your, uh, little points update for the, uh, classes that we're supposed to run this weekend.
2: All right, cool. Well, look ahead to the next week. Got a big weekend coming up at uh, Colorado National Speedway on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. And boy, do they have a lineup. Um, Saturday, July 3rd, High Country Harley Davidson Sprint Car Showdown. And Sunday, July 4th, the Colorado State Patrol 4th of July Sprint Car Finale. So you got the King of the Wing Sprint Cars. And oh, I, I can't even explain. These cars are so, excuse my French, they are so badass. Um, <laughs> They, they seriously are. If you guys, you are listeners, if you guys haven't seen these cars, get your butts up and get out there at least one of these days this weekend um, and check these cars out. They just tear this track apart. They fly. I mean, next to the uh, super, super modifieds, these are the next best thing um so along with those you got the legends the bandoleros the figure eights and circle drags on both nights so yeah get out there go support your local tracks and check these things out i mean it's definitely going to be a show not to miss
0: yeah for sure and uh sucks we're all kind of busy uh doing our own thing but certainly if you got nothing else going on it's friday saturday sunday i mean there's racing cheyenne cns everywhere so get out there and check them out um I guess before uh, we have a big announcement, but before we do that, let's get into, uh, picks and, uh, Jake, I guess, uh, since I stepped on your toes again this time, uh, go (laughs) ahead and share your uh, thoughts with, uh, who you got for the the cup race at road America this weekend.
1: Well, even though you're at your own, your house and I'm at my house and we're like 20 some miles away, you know, I got big (laughs) feet. So, you know, you (laughs) can step on them from anywhere. Uh, man, it's tough. You know, uh, being that um, this is a new track for pretty much everybody. Um, You know, it's kind of up in the air, but you can't go wrong with the guys that have been uh, up front in the road courses, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch is always up there. Danny Hamlin's always seems to be up in the top five, but um, you know, I'm going to go with the boy that's uh, been on a roll on these road courses. I think he's got four wins out of the last like five or six. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my uh, hand in uh, Chase Elliott this weekend. All right. Well,
2: this it's definitely like Jake said. I mean, it's, it's a new tr- new track. You haven't been there. But, you know, road course warriors. Who are those guys you're going to just kind of turn to that, you know, are just going to perform no matter where they go? And Chase Elliott's definitely one of those guys. Right now, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Larson. I mean, the dude is absolutely on fire. I mean, he's shown this year that he can pretty much drive anything that he gets into. I mean, he's absolutely dominating the Cup Series right now. He finished second at Coda, and then even though it was a shortened race, and then he killed it at Sonoma. So right now, if if I had to pick somebody to just jump in a car and, and perform, I, I I mean, you can't go wrong with Kyle Larson. So I'm going to pick him to uh, win, this re- re- win this next race and then get back on the win trade.
0: Yeah, uh, like both of your picks, like, uh, you'd be silly not going with either of those two, but I got to stick with my boy chase. Um, you know, Kyle Larson is hot. Martin tricks jr. Is very good on the road courses, but it's just one of those things. Now, if you go to the road course, everyone is following or trying to mimic what chase is doing. He's always there. And except for iRacing on iRacing, he never, he wrecks in like the first lap, which is super <laughs> weird. <but. laughs> That's a whole nother segment that we won't get into this week. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, uh, I think chase, it's just, uh, almost a gimme now, which I'm cool with it. So going with chase on that one. Right on. All right, Jake. And I guess in closing, uh, right before the podcast, we have some exciting news to share with all the listeners and I will give the floor to you. Uh, pretty stoked about this. So go ahead and share with everybody what we got.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about this too. Uh, you know, when you, Jordan, and I were talking about doing this podcast together and, and try to, you know, not only talk NASCAR things, but do some local, uh, racing chats. Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, bringing some local drivers on from all divisions, you know, doesn't matter what car it is, where it runs, you know, get some drivers that everybody knows there. There are some household names locally. And, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, this guy, I played, uh, some little league football with years and years ago. And, um, he's been, a one of those names at Colorado national speedway that, uh, you hear his name, you know, who he is. So, uh, I'm excited to uh, announce that we are going to have Kyle Clegg, the number 66 Legends driver and the 51 Grand American Modified winner uh, driver. Excuse me, uh, on our podcast. It's a
0: winner too, it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have him on next week. It's going to be exciting. Uh, kind of get some insight from him. You know, talk both uh, Legends and what he's felt so far with the Grand American Modifieds. And I know he's got a big business that he does with uh, race car parts. So it kind of maybe get a little bit of more insight about what he does with his business as well and how he kind of helps uh, other drivers out throughout the state and kind of nationally as well.
0: Yeah, super pumped about that. And I'll uh, give give it to you, Jordan, after this. But uh, always talk to him when we're there at the races. Super, super cool guy. And, you know, would literally do anything for anybody. And like you said, he has his hand in everything with his uh, shop and business that he has. So super pumped about that i know we got a lot of homework to do to ask all the right questions and uh, get some insight from him but super stoked and uh hand it over to you George.
2: i agree i'm looking forward to that conversation i mean he's such a humble down-to-earth type person um he's got a great family uh i mean he's an excellent stock car driver i mean you can't say really anything bad about him um i mean anything that he jumps into he's able to just perform. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, pick his brain a little bit, kind of get a little bit of history on him, what got him motivated to start racing, you know, where he comes from, you know, what he's seen over the course of his career. Um, talk about his highlights, his lowlights. Um, again, his business, his background, everything like that. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to the uh, first opportunity that we get to uh, interview a driver. And then, you know, continue us on in the future. We're going to pick one. Um, you know, we might try to do one every week. If not, we will do one at least every couple weeks to try to get somebody new and, and pick their brain a little bit, hopefully get some legends of Colorado racing on here in the future. So just so happens that Kyle is going to be our first one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you both for getting on here. I know, uh, this was definitely, you know, unannounced, but I think we got a good thing going here and think it's pretty good for our second ever episode and first together so uh appreciate all the time and effort here and i uh, think we got a good thing going definitely yeah. definitely no, I to i'm on tonight
2: always, i always i'm mr talker so i'll sit and <laughs> you know bullshit with anybody for hours and hours and especially when you get on this kind of a conversation talking about racing sign me up heck yeah so, man looking forward to the future we're uh, we're headed on a fun journey i'm definitely looking forward to it
0: for sure. Well, everybody, thanks for listening in. And like I said, um, if you like us, give us a like at our on our Facebook page at Scrub and Tires Podcast, and uh, share it. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Get on board. Appreciate it. The Scrub and Tires Podcast was brought to you by Brandon Hall Racing and Smith Family Racing. Jake, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. As always. You can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrub and Tires Podcast.